Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone and welcome to the very first edition of my brand new show called Chargers Lately. And if you guys, if that sounds familiar at all, it's actually the very first Twitter handle I had before I changed it to Zone Tracks. And once I get artwork for the show and everything like that, you'll kind of see that I spelled Chargers Lately with the LA capitalized and obviously that plays into, you know, they play in LA and obviously that's kind of the joke. I think it's catchy, whatever. Some of you guys are also probably thinking, and wondering what happened to Powder Blue Review? Well, Powder Blue Review was with uh, Blue Wire, and unfortunately, I am no longer with Blue Wire because I got hired full time onto uh, SB Nation and can't really work for a competitor as you work for another um, team. So uh, this is it. This is the new show, Chargers. Lately, I really hope you guys enjoy it. Kind of had to spring it up out of nowhere, honestly, with the draft here. Obviously, I wanted you guys to kind of get my thoughts, and be able to talk to you guys about the team and what they should do in the draft and all that good stuff. So here we are. It's kind of like a guerrilla podcast coming out of nowhere. Um, but today's episode, we're just going to talk about the team needs for the Chargers, talking about what positions they need to target the most and uh, keep an eye on the closest as we get closer and closer to uh, round one on Thursday. So if I had to make a short list of what positions I think the Chargers should look into, obviously quarterbacks at the top, and depending on who you are, that's you know on the same tier as offensive tackle. So we're looking at a starting quarterback. The team needs a left tackle. 
And some of these secondary positions that the Chargers obviously need to look into are linebacker depth, uh, wide receiver three, and potentially another running back to pair with Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler. And one that's probably on the bigger side, right? One that can uh, score touchdowns from the goal line, be used when Austin Eckler is not in the backfield. He is out wide in the slot, moving around the formation. But uh, So the Chargers still have a threat in the backfield, even if Austin Eckler is out doing something else. So we're kind of just going to go from position to position, pardon me, and uh, I'm going to talk about, you know, the top guys, guys uh, that, you know, should be their first selection, right, when it comes to that position. So like a quarterback, I'm going to go through the guys who they could potentially take at six, and then if they don't take a quarterback at six, some other guys that could potentially target either in round two, three, whatever so on and so forth. When we get into like some of these secondary needs as well, you know, they're probably not going to go wide receiver in the first, right? But, uh, you know, the highest they could probably go with wide receiver is the second. And if they don't take one in the second or third, maybe there's some day three guys. Same thing with running back. Maybe there's a guy they like on day three, uh, or excuse me, round three. And if they don't take one, you know, in the third round, maybe they take a guy on day three, rounds four, five, six, seven, something like that. So, um, yeah, well, let's just go ahead and start with quarterback. I mean, not too much structure to this show. We're just going to get this bad boy going. Um, so quarterback, obviously Joe Burrow is off the case. There is no chance the Chargers get Joe Burrow, barring them trading the entire draft hall, a la the, what was it, the Saints trading essentially their whole draft from, I think it was a 97, plus a first and a third to draft uh, running back, I believe it was Ricky Williams. That's obviously not going to happen, um, and you would hope no one ever does anything like that ever, ever, ever again. So options at number six, right? It's Tua, it is Justin Herbert, and to a much lesser extent, it is Jordan Love. But I'm including him here because he's still deemed a first-round quarterback, regardless if I think he's a first-round quarterback, personally. Um, Secondary options, if they don't like... Uh, either of those guys, they decide to pass on quarterback. You still got guys like Jalen Hurts, who's obviously very interesting, right? Or you're looking at Jacob Eason, just a tall, big-armed, physical stature type guy who kind of checks all those boxes. Um, if you want my personal opinion, I think the pick here needs to be Tua. Um, I, I, I don't think you can pass on a guy who's so fundamentally sound and naturally accurate Um in all phases of it, right? In the pocket, out of the pocket, off platform, able to make these throws. And honest to God, when it comes to quarterbacks and and me uh, looking at quarterbacks, evaluating quarterbacks, what I deem most important is just pure accuracy. Now, a lot of people will take quarterbacks who you know, may have some fundamental issues and they think, oh, if they just fix this, if they they raise their elbow up a little more, um, they could fix some of these accuracy issues. And I'm just like, no, well, Patrick Mahomes coming out did not have the most orthodox throwing motion, right? People dinged him for that and they didn't know how he would get away with it in the NFL. And obviously we see that Patrick Mahomes is doing just fine in the NFL. If a guy is accurate, if a guy, no matter the situation, knows how to contort his arm angle, knows how to uh, put touch on the ball in some way, shape, or form, put a different spin on it to make sure it goes where it needs to go and get to their their wide receiver, their tight end, their running back, whatever, then that's a naturally accurate quarterback. Tua is that. I think, you know, without getting too much into the advanced stats, he was the most accurate quarterback in terms of getting the ball within like the cone, the the body of the receivers, right? That they didn't have to jump off the ground. They didn't have to like fully extend. The, he always consistently got the ball in a position where the, uh, the wide receiver, whomever, caught the ball within their kind of like body cone. I'm not sure how else to describe that. They didn't need to try that hard to, to, to stretch out and, and make like a difficult catch. He didn't make it hard 
on his receivers. Then you've got a guy like Justin Herbert, all the physical traits in the world, right? Big guy, 6'6", uh, 235-ish, uh, depending on part time of the season. He's been as low as 225. He's been upwards of 240 at some times. Guy ran like a, what, a 4'6", 8", 4'6", 40. He, he can use his legs, and I don't think he uses his legs that often or was even allowed to until the final couple games of the season where you saw him rush a lot and will the Ducks over Utah in the Pac-12 championship and over Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl game. He needs to throw with better touch. He needs to throw almost just with a natural grace to it. I'm not sure how to describe that either. It just looks like he's forcing passes, but forcing not in the way of like, you know, it's double coverage. He's trying to force the ball in a tight window. No, it's just instead of kind of gripping it and ripping it to his receivers where they're short, intermediate, deep, it looks like he's just guiding the football a little too much. And it makes me think that it's not as natural for him to just throw the ball. And I want throwing the ball to look as natural as possible. Like essentially you're in the backyard playing around with your friends, right? I just want it to look that natural and easy for you. And I think he's kind of struggling with that a little bit. Jordan Love, a guy who went from throwing for 32 touchdowns and rushing for seven more in 2018 with, I think, against six, seven interceptions, all of a sudden threw 17 interceptions to 20 total touchdowns um, through the air. Just took a big step back. And obviously everyone knows that he lost, you know, coaches, he lost starting personnel around him. I get that. So, uh, I, you know, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just don't think he's worth a first round pick. And then again, your secondary options, Hertz and Eason. Hertz is a guy who scored over 50-plus touchdowns. I think he ran for over 20 touchdowns, threw for 32, I think it is. Regardless of what you think about his game and whether it can translate or not, some NFL coach is going to be able to probably get something out of him. And he's got a lot of those uncoachable intangibles um, that you could look into. And I wouldn't be like mad if they took him at the top of the second, if they took you know an offensive tackle with the first-round pick. Um, I just wouldn't feel that great about it and that's kind of just a gut reaction to the idea of that pick uh, moving on we've got offensive tackles now I'm a little bit of a homer here and I've, I know I don't like being a homer I'm obviously biased I'll, I'll just say that I'm a little biased with who I think the tackle should be and if they're going to pick an offensive tackle in the first I think it needs to be Iowa's Tristan Wirfs I think guys like him are not you know drafted or in the draft every year I think he has a, an amazing combination of fundamentally being like being fundamentally sound um, technique-wise, on top of his elite athleticism. And one of his biggest knocks, and I'll even give it this, is that he tested dominantly at the NFL Combine. But when he's on the field, he gets the job done, he's a good player, but he doesn't dominate his opponents physically the way he dominated like his athletic testing you know he's not finishing and teabagging and doing terrible things to uh defensive linemen the way quentin nelson did right but uh honestly if you look at tristan Wirfs size like why six five three twenty ish that's roughly what uh quentin nelson was it's just a different mindset i think he's you know it, it you know between the ears i think he's a little bit softer he's a good good kid mama's boy but he's so athletic, he's still super dominant and getting the job done. It's just not in that nasty way that you would really prefer your offensive lineman uh, to have, essentially that mindset. Jedrick Wills, a little more of a nastier guy, finisher. He is super athletic as well. Um, not the athlete that Tristan Wirfs is, but just for the offensive tackle position, is an athlete. I think he ran a 5.07, I want to say it was, um, Jumped 34 and a half inches, which was just two less than than worse. Overall, good athletic tester. Um, but the guy can move very well. Also very good laterally, reach blocks, you know, being able to cross the faces of, of outside shades when they're running to him. Um, 
good, good athlete, good demeanor with the position. He played only right tackle at uh, Alabama, though. He was the only top tackle of those four guys, Wirfs, Wills, Becton, and Thomas, that didn't have any snaps whatsoever at the other tackle position away from the one that he played. So everything he did was at right tackle. I wouldn't be overjoyed with the pick, but I would still think, I mean, this is a guy we can work with. Wouldn't mix too much sense with the Bulaga pick just because, you know, Wirfs could play left tackle if needed. Then you've got, like, obviously the true left tackles coming into this draft. you got Becton, you've got Thomas. Um, Becton is so damn cool to watch play football because he's massive and he doesn't move like a massive guy. There's been guys like, I think Zach Banner's his name, who's a 6'8", 360-pound guy who, when he played, you could tell he was just so big and could barely figure out how to move his body. That's not Becton. Becton is actually super athletic, ran a 5'1", unofficial 40 at the Combine. Still super strong, did 23 bench reps at the combine. Apparently, you know, that was due to uh, much lower than he can really do. Uh, His trainer, Duke Manyweather, put up a video after the combine showing him do 30 reps at the end of a workout. And that was obviously much higher than his 23 done at the combine. Um, Road grader, the guy can use all the torque in the world to, he doesn't even have to like vertically displace people. He can just latch on, use his hips and throw a guy out of a hole to create lanes for the running back. And he's got that nasty mindset that I really like for offensive tackles. Andrew Thomas, he is probably the best pure pocket protector, pass protector in this draft. Um, great feet, smooth. It's a little choppy. I would like to be a bit smoother, but he gets the job done. Um, has really strong hands. So once he gets his hands on defensive linemen and pass rushers, it is really hard for them to disengage. And and that's an easy way for offensive linemen to be deemed good, right? Like once they get their hands on you, you're done for, right? That's what a pass protector should be at the end of the day. My biggest worry with Thomas is that he struggles with power. Um, I saw him get literally tossed by defensive tackle Rashard Lawrence from LSU on several occasions in one of their last games against each other. And I don't ever want to see that from a dominant offensive lineman. That sucks. You don't see Quentin Nelson doing that. Some of the top tackles and other guys in the NFL, you don't see them get physically tossed two or three yards in the air um, on a single play. Just not the biggest fan of it. Secondary options for offensive tackles, you know, if they, if they go quarterback in the first You're probably looking at guys like Austin Jackson, Ezra Cleveland from Boise State, Josh Jones from Houston, TCU's Lucas Niang, and Isaiah Wilson, who is the right tackle who played with Andrew Thomas at Georgia. Um, All those guys are good players, good athletes. Lucas Niang has dealt with some injury issues, but I think Cleveland actually here might be the best bet. If the team is looking to go towards a more um, zone-based run scheme. I like better athletes, guys who are or better out in space, who climb to the second level and are able to break down, get in front of secondary defenders and latch onto linebackers and create help create uh, bigger run lanes. Right? Um, they they allow the the run lanes to not get so jumbled because they're able to get up to the linebackers quicker than the linebackers are to kind of read their keys and start disrupting their plays. Um, So I do like Ezra Cleveland. Austin Jackson is also a pretty good athlete as well. Um, Josh Jones didn't test that well, but he looks really good in pass protection. He's another guy that, you know, if you want a pure pass protector, Josh Jones is probably your guy in terms of that second tier of offensive tackles. Lucas Niang, good good laterally as well. I watched a little TCU film. Um, The guy can get out in space. The guy can move around. Um, He played mostly right tackle, but I've seen him move back and forth when the team needed him. Good versatile guy. And then Isaiah Wilson, Phenomenal athlete as well for as large as he is. He's about 6'6", 345, 50 pounds. 
ran pretty well. I think he ran like a 5'2", which is still good for that size. Um, strong, 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 strong. You've, like, you've seen him at the combine. He was wearing a sleeveless shirt. Uh, and his, his biceps, triceps are just popping. And, and that's something that can get you excited about offensive linemen. Like when they're physically built that well, looking like they put in the work, they know what to do, they made themselves that way. It's just a testament of their work ethic and, and, and their knowledge about how to get the most out of themselves. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, now moving on to linebacker. There's only one linebacker that I would have at pick number six that I would be comfortable with. And that is obviously Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. He is a Swiss army machete the guy can do it all um and he's good at everything right like people make that whatever that analogy is of you know you're a jack of all trades but a master of none well i mean the guy is really good if he's not a master of a bunch of stuff he's still really freaking good at a bunch of different things i don't think he's going to be a deep safety whatsoever i know like he technically is a safety that's playing linebacker as well um, he's not going to be that guy. He's going to be another Derwin James that they're going to use as a sub-package linebacker, will linebacker, something like that. He's going to be on the field a lot, and he's going to move around the field a lot. Secondary guys for linebacker, you're looking at Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech. You're looking at Logan Wilson from Wyoming, and even Kenneth Murray. I had him. Kenneth Murray's probably going to go in the first round sometime after the Chargers pick in the first. But Daniel Jeremiah, I believe it was, recently had a mock where Kenneth Murray fell to the Chargers um, with their second uh, round pick at 37. I wouldn't really be against it. Uh, the guy was a tackling machine. He's a wild child. Doesn't ha- or does have issues in um, coverage, but at the same time, I don't think they would need him to really be in coverage. They got plenty of other good college or coverage linebackers, as well as bigger safeties that can kind of fill that role. But Jordan Brooks, man, Jordan Brooks, um, productive all four seasons at Texas Tech, most recently over 108 tackles. He had 20 tackles for loss, three sacks, 20 tackles for loss. This is a guy who had five for loss in 16 Uh, Only had a half a tackle for loss in 17, six and a half in in 2018, and then went off for 20 tackles for loss. The guy was a wild child. He lived in the backfield. The guy can sift through traffic and get to running backs before they get to the line of scrimmage. I like him a lot. I probably wouldn't take him any earlier than uh, round three, though. Um, Logan Wilson, just touch on him. Uh, very good coverage linebacker, racked up a lot of tackles at Wyoming. Again, uh, uh, not a mid-major, but he's a group of five player, right? Um, so it'd be interesting to see how he would fare against some of the top talent. He did participate in the senior bowl down in Mobile, and he did have a decent week, um, but nothing I heard that was terribly crazy impressive. Um, going on wide receiver, uh, kind of 
running down the last two two secondary options or in terms of team needs uh, for the Chargers in this year's draft. Wide receivers. So some of the top guys, some of the names I have for the Chargers, maybe at the top of the second with this, whether it's you know Denzel Mims, they need speed, right? So speed is going to be a big deal for some of these uh, wide receivers that I have selected. Denzel Mims, 6'3", 212 pounds, kind of broke out over the last two seasons for Baylor. Had a phenomenal week at the Senior Bowl. The guy was great, killed it in one-on-ones, and I understand one-on-ones are made for wide receivers to to win the same way that one-on-ones, defensive lineman, offensive lineman, the defense is normally going to win. But he just created separation on a consistent basis. He w- he's so good in contested catches as well on top of having 438, 439-40-yard um, dash speed, right? This is a guy that can r- not only run away from people, but when he has to be contested, he actually has the proper ball skills to, to make these catches to... Um, snag the ball out of the air. He's physical at the catch point, and that's what this Chargers team needs. Um, they've got Mike Williams, who's obviously good at the catch point. Keenan Allen is no slouch as well, but having the speed, they miss Tyrell Williams. They do, do, do need that. Justin Jefferson's another name. I think he still goes in the first round. Not He's not an absolute speed demon, but he's still a 4-4-5 guy. Played for the defending national champs, was really good for them. I just think he's a solid wide receiver that if he's there at 37, I don't know how you don't take a look at him. Um, Some of the other names, speed guys, Florida's Van Jefferson, Penn State's KJ Hamler, TCU's Jalen Regor, who actually didn't test nearly as fast as we thought. Still fast. I think he was in the 4-4s, but we thought 4-3, maybe even touching into the 4-2s. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case at the combine uh van jefferson's another 6-3 wide receiver i think he's about 6-3 200 pounds like the speed size combination but hamler and Regor are probably going to be your slot guys um I, they're not going to be your ex your flanker or whatever they're not going to win contested catches they're just going to create separation and probably be uh, you know a guy on third down that you look to often and early um some later options so these are all day three options as well devin duvernay 43940 from texas he's about 510 it's just stocky built really well contact balance is there can be a home run hitter um if everything clicks and he's able to make one guy miss he's that type of guy Darnell Mooney's a 5'10 wide receiver, 187 pounds from Tulane. Also ran a 4'3 something 40 at the combine. I believe it was 4'3'8. Speed there. And then we got Isaiah Coulter. He was a 4'4'4, 4'4'5 guy from Rhode Island. He's 6'2. I want to say about 205 pounds. Can be a good X wide receiver. Can play beat one-on-one coverage. Um, raw, but a good athlete and someone that the Chargers could basically work into slowly um, into that starting lineup of wide receivers. Now, finishing this whole thing up, we've got running backs. Now, the Chargers, we already love who they have at running back, right? We, they've got Austin Eckler. You've got Justin Jackson. Love Eckler. He can do anything he wants to in that offense and be good. Justin Jackson, in his limited time, he struggled with a little bit of injuries, but when he's on the field, he does make a difference and he makes plays happen. All you got to do is look back to what he did to help the Chargers come back against the Steelers two years ago. Um, if you look at his numbers, he's really efficient. His yards per average, I believe, is well over five. The guy's good, just knows. He's not the fastest, the craziest athlete in the world, but he's a four-time or four-year starter at Northwestern. Uh, all four years went over 1,000 yards, only the ninth player to do that in Big Ten history. The guy's good. And so if the Chargers aren't sold, though, on Justin Jackson being that complimentary partner to Austin Eckler, I would say maybe round three, as high as round two, I would take these guys. But Cam Akers, I love Cam Akers from Florida State. He played behind one of the most, if not the most horrendous offensive line Uh, in college football last year and he was contacted every one out of three runs of his he was contacted behind or at the line of scrimmage and the guy still rushed for well over uh, 1100 yards i think had over 20 touchdowns i'm not entirely sure close to it if not the guy's good phenomenal 
And then you look at Zach Moss, uh, bigger guy, 5'10", 225 pounds. This would be your goal line guy. This would be your guy who you know could churn out yards. He was, uh, I think he recorded the most broken tackles out of any running back in the country this past season. That is something that the Chargers need as well. Melvin Gordon could never seem to really get that done um, when he was one-on-one with defenders in open space. Some later options as well. Um, Antonio Gibson from Memphis. This is a guy who was technically a wide receiver in college, but was a utility guy. He he, he rushed the ball. He, he caught the ball. He did it all. He looks like he's going to be a running back in the NFL. He's a big dude as well. Let me see if I have his stats or anything pulled up here. Um, I don't think I did. Anyway, he, he still was efficient in terms of touches per score or scores per touches. Um, I believe he's 5'10", 6 foot, uh, 220 something pounds. The guy is solid. Josh Kelly. I love Josh Kelly. He was He's a hometown guy, UCLA. Um, I believe he's 5'10", 215 pounds, something along those lines. He's solid. He had a really great year, or excuse me, great senior bowl. Um, this year, I think he was one of the, I don't know if he was the MVP or not, but he had over a hundred yards in, uh, the senior bowl game, the scrimmage that Saturday. Yeah. 5'11, 219 pound back. The guy can kind of do it all. He can make guys miss. He's got some hops. will hurl over you if given the chance. I like him a lot. He's a late day three guy. Um, I think he can come in and be a significant contributor for the chargers. And then lastly, I have a guy named Shewo Aloni Lua. And if you guys haven't seen anything about Shewo, um, he is from TCU. Uh, he was never the spotlight feature back for the Horn Frogs. He split the backfield every year he was there. He played four years. Um, this past season, he split the backfield with a guy named Darius Jet Anderson. And it's weird because a guy whose nickname is Jet didn't even run that fast of a 40. I think he didn't even break four fives. Um, but, oh, well, Shewa was 6'3", 230-something pounds, 232 to be exact, 10-inch hands, Huge. Ran a 4.66 at the combine. It's not going to be the fastest thing in the world, but this is a guy who works out with uh, the footwork king. And if you guys have seen him on social media, he trains a lot of college, high school, and even professional players like Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, Darius Slay. Um, he, he works with the best. He knows how to get the most out of these guys, and he's all about footwork, and he knows Shaywo's got really good feet. Jump 36 inches, broad jump 10 foot 3, 428 in the 20 yard shuttle. Um, the guy was a Wildcat quarterback near the goal line for the Horned Frogs. Scored a lot of touchdowns. I believe he had eight this past year, seven the year before. Uh, the guy has a nose for the end zone, and he knows how to break contact as well. Very good um, with yards after contact. Falls forward, is able to sl- be slippery just enough to kind of get past the first defender. Um, he just didn't get enough carries, or else I think he would have had some of the best numbers um, in the country comparatively. So those are the guys I like for the Chargers. Kind of the quick and dirty on this. Um, But again, Gorilla Podcast needed to get this up. Um, And I know you guys, some people have reached out to me about Powder Blue Review and wondering what was going on with that. So surprise, here we are. This is the new show, Chargers Lately. Um, Still deciding on whether or not, you know, the the frequency of these. I'm going to be posting a lot of little short pods throughout the draft week. Um, Keep you guys kind of up to date on my feelings. Uh, reactions of what they're doing and guys it's christmas every single day christmas eve every christmas eve every single day this week uh i honestly cannot wait so really appreciate you guys listening and hope you guys enjoy the quick and dirty of the team needs um probably gonna post this on bolts from the blue we'll talk about it in the comments what's going on your thoughts and feelings towards what i said today and uh 
that's just about it. So thank you guys very much for tuning in, and I will see you guys very soon.